The party that so bravely followed the science for the past two years and held the line on what was true and real and real information now seems to become the party of the anti-science party that is promoting disinformation, malinformation, misinformation that is dangerous and is leading to the death of thousands of people in America every day. The science and the biology is unequivocally clear. 95% of biologists worldwide agree that life begins at fertilization. And at no other point can you look at the human development and say, aha, there it is. Now it's a human. Now it's a human being. No, it is only at conception. It is only at the fertilization of an egg. Does science agree and biologists agree that that is when life begins? But the left wants to bring society back literally hundreds of years into the dark ages of science where we didn't have microscopes, where we didn't understand DNA, where we didn't know what, that a woman had an egg and that a man had a sperm. We didn't know this back in 1875. Didn't know. But that's where the progressive party wants to bring us in a regressive manner to to back to a time where we didn't understand science, back to a time when the, the birth of a child was just a mystery. No, 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 one, no one really knows. Blatantly denying science. But today, the science is clear. The science is in. And don't be anti-science because it is misinformation, disinformation that is leading to the death of millions of people. This anti-science party is doubling down on their lies of misinformation, ignoring the science, and it is dangerous rhetoric that has killed 63 million people since 1973 in America alone. Today, three to 4,000 people will die because of this dangerous misinformation that abortion is safe, when in fact, abortion is murder. Abortion is not safe. Two heartbeats go into abortion clinic and one heartbeat comes out. Ironically enough, the killing of the life of an innocent baby is disproportionately affecting the black and the minority people of color community with ties to the KKK, ties to the Nazi party, ties to the Democratic Party, because the Democratic Party was the one that started the KKK who pushed this eugenics of abortion from Margaret Sanger, who is part of the Nazi party, to come in to say, hey, this is a great way that we can do away with people of color and limit the population growth of people of color. Absolutely bold-faced, racist ideology. Well, as it turns out, the progressive party is actually the regressive party. Turns out that the party that, quote-unquote, fights for the most vulnerable, truly wants to kill the most vulnerable. The party of science turns out to be completely anti-science. The party that is anti-racist actively promotes eugenics against people of color. With 95% of biologists agreeing that life begins when the egg is fertilized, why do people seek to continue to deny science? When will Twitter, Facebook, and Google begin to flag this 
misinformation and disinformation as misinformation and disinformation. When will the fact checkers step in and say, mm, you know what? Actually, science is pretty clear. Life begins at conception. This is dangerous misinformation, disinformation that can lead to the death of a child. Why, for instance, would this party of science deny the basic biological facts of science that a man has an XY chromosome and a woman has an XX chromosome and that cannot be changed? Maybe it is because that they are no longer a liberal party, but they have post-liberal, post-progressive, with a post-modern worldview that believes there is no objective morality, there is no objective truth, there is no reasoning or rationality, there is only tools that can be used to push forward their ideology and agenda. Because in this post-liberal progressivism, the ends of a new world Marxist, socialist, communist, dystopian order justifies the means of being anti-science and anti-human. Hey, it's Lucas Grobot, and you're listening to The Lucas Grobot Show, where we uncover purpose, pursue truth, and own the future. Episode 281, it is May 5th, 2022. And if you haven't heard by now, then you actually probably have a life worth living if you haven't heard by now. But Politico leaked a, a document by the United States Supreme Court, a draft of a ruling that they are planning on giving on Roe versus Wade. Roe v. Wade was put into place back in 1973, where the United States Supreme Court not just made an interpretation of a law, but created a law. So the way that the U.S. government works, it's that elected officials create laws, and the United States Supreme Court decides whether that law is constitutional or unconstitutional. In 1973, with the case of Roe v. Wade, the United States Supreme Court created a law saying that women have a right to abort their babies. That was the law, and it became a federal mandate and a federal law rather than the law being created by each state and the power being given to the people of that state. Well, this leaked document is actually very, very rare in the history of the United States Supreme Court. And the, the other times that has happened, it has not happened to this extent. Ironically enough, there was a leak leading up to the very first decision of Roe v. Wade back in 1973. But that was after the decision had been made, only a few hours before they were posting the decision. This was a draft that was leaked months before the decision will actually be made in summer, where the, it will actually be published as a, an official ruling, which causes a lot of people to scratch their head and wonder, hmm, I wonder where this came from. I wonder how this information got leaked as it is, as it is a way for people to persuade and manipulate and intimidate the court, which is blatant corruption, just blatant. You do not want to live in a society where the tyranny of the masses or even a tyranny of a minority is using threats and coercion of violence 
to sway a justice system. Definitely not the way that you want to live. So there's a couple of theories out there of who might have leaked this one. It could have been someone with very liberal standings within the court, not necessarily on the bench, but that works within the Supreme Court, a clerk. They would, of course, lose their job, but they would have opened up to them a world, a world of opportunity on the left and being staged as a hero. It could be someone on the conservative right, again, a clerk who would leak this to try to solidify some of the justices' votes so that if they were overturned later and the conservatives actually lost this, they would be able to point to say, actually, you used to stand on this months ago. You were for the overthrowing of Roe v. Wade. And the third potential is that it was an outside hack, that someone hacked the U.S. Supreme Court and accessed these documents and then leaked it to Politico. No one knows. There's active investigations going on to find out. But Alito, who who's wrote the court ruling, he says Roe was an egregious wrong from the start. Alito wrote, according to Politico, it is time to heed the Constitution and return the issue of abortion back to the people's elected representatives. So what does it mean that Roe v. Wade very likely could be overturned within the next coming months? Does it mean that abortion is now outlawed, outlawed in all of America? No. All it means is that the power is given back to the people to vote on it and create laws in their state, which is where the power ought to lie in the, the republic system of America. America is not a democracy. It is a republic. When Alito says that this was an egregious wrong, he's saying the egregious wrong is the United States Supreme Court creating a law rather than interpreting laws that exist. And that is the egregious wrong. And he's giving that power back to the states. What does that mean? It means that of the 50 states, 13 states, once this is overturned, 13 states will likely and currently have laws in place that would make abortion completely illegal or very, very, very limited in that state. It does not mean that abortion across America uh, writ large would be done away with. The, uh, the arguments that I've been hearing on the pro-abortion side I wouldn't say are pretty astounding. They're they're pretty run-of-the-mill, which is people bringing it back to the the issue of rape. On the issue of rape, uh, first, I would say rape is an egregious crime. The the consequences for rape are hardly sufficient for how wicked and vile of a crime rape is. It's in America, you get a slap on the wrist and many other cultures. The man is protected in rape and women are prosecuted. Women can have a death penalty on them, whereas men are able to pretty much go free. This is egregious, egregious. There are, we need massive reform when it comes to laws surrounding rape. But the argument is, well, if a woman gets raped, which in America, out of the million plus abortions that happen every year, less than 1% is because of rape or incest. Less than 1%. So it's a very, very small minority of the abortions that happen every year in America. 
The argument then goes, well, if a, if a young girl or a woman is raped, she should be able to abort her child. The problem with this argument is that it is grossly unjust. Biologists agree. Life begins at conception. Therefore, that is a human life which has a right to life. They, did, they are not guilty of any crime. They were conceived out of a crime, yes. Is it fair that the woman has to carry that child through conception? That that trauma is ongoing? Absolutely not. But that is not the child's fault. That is the man who created an egregious crime against that woman's fault. He should be held liable, not the child. The child is innocent. So there's a, you have a situation where there's something that's terribly wicked and unjust that happened. And you're seeking to make it right. You're seeking to bring healing and, 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 and restoration to the situation. Killing an innocent bystander, the child, does not make the situation more right. It only makes the situation more wrong. It only brings further injustice to an already dark and vile, wicked situation that's done by wicked and evil men who should be absolutely punished to the, to the full extent of the law. When I am in these conversations with people, I always bring it back to this. When does life begin? They kick it around the bush. Well, I don't, I don't know. I'm, I'm not a biologist. Okay, well, I've, I've done the research. I've looked at the biologists and the research that they've done. And unequivocally, they say that life begins at conception. There's no point that you can look in the development from, of a human, from a baby onwards to say, this is when life begins. And if life begins at conception, which it does, then that individual has rights as a human being. And no mother, no individual has the right to take someone else's life. Well, here's the president of the United States of America, President Joe Biden, agreeing with just this statement, more, more or less. I said, I believe I have the rights that I have, not because the government gave them to me, which you believe, but because I'm just a child of God, I exist. I delegated by joining this union here to delegate some obligation, some rights I have to the governments for, for social good. President Joe Biden, right here in this clip, claims that he has rights because he is a child of God, not because the government gave them to him. And because the government did not give him those rights, but God gave him those rights, the government cannot take them away. A baby in the womb has God-given rights because they are a what? That's right, President Joe Biden, a child of God. And since God has given them that right to life, no one, no mother, and no government has the right to take that life away from them. Seems pretty obvious to me. If a rights to life is given by God, then a mother does not have the right, a woman does not have the right to take the life of her child. Here's Biden again weighing in on oh, his religious views. Remember, President Joe Biden is a quote-unquote, devout Catholic. And if you don't know, devout Catholics, or all Catholics, the Catholic Church declares that life begins at conception. 
life begins at conception. The Catholic Church, out of all the 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 you know churches or the Christian Christian the dome of Christendom, has held the line on abortion stronger than anyone else across the globe. But this is what President Joe Biden has to say. What all basic mainstream religions have historically concluded that right that the existence of a human life and being is a question. Is it at the moment of conception? Is it six months? Is it six weeks? Is it is it quickening like Aquinas argued? I mean, so the idea that we're going to make a judgment that is going to say that no one can make the judgment to choose to abort a child based on a decision by the Supreme Court, I think goes way overboard. Thank you. Here's the president saying that all the religions are, are saying, well, it's really a question. When does life begin? I don't know. He's he's referring to this term insolment, which religions, Islam, Judaism included, the Abrahamic faiths, look to and say, we don't know. And this was hundreds of years ago when there wasn't microscopes when we didn't understand DNA, they would say, we don't know the development of a child in its womb, in the mother's womb. And so in Islam, some generally believe that it's at 120 days after fertilization. Others in Islam, other Muslims and Hadiths and schools of Islamic thought say that the embryo has insolment 14 days post-fertilization, 14 days. Now, he refers to here Aquinas. Aquinas lived in 19, he was born in 1974, or sorry, excuse me, he was born in 1274, 1274, 800 years ago, lived Aquinas. Even Da Vinci, and Einstein, they didn't understand the human anatomy, the human body. They didn't understand DNA, and they didn't even know that women had an egg and men had sperm. They thought that we were all just kind of Russian egg nestled in and that in Adam, I existed. And it was, it's just these eggs that keep on popping out. That's what they believed. But he is now trying to reference Aquinas, which we talked about Aquinas. I love Aquinas, a lot of his stuff. And Aquinas said, yeah, I don't really know. I think there must be some sort of quickening where all of a sudden it becomes human. I don't understand it. So here's Biden trying to reach back to literally bringing people back to 19 or to, to the 12, 1300s, to 1274. And ignoring the science, ignoring the biology. Absolutely insane. Here's the WHO. Here's a tweet by the WHO uh, claiming that women should have the right. This is the director of the WHO, Dr. Tedros. The women should always have a right to choose when it becomes, when it comes to their bodies and their health. Restricting access to abortion does not reduce the number of procedures. It drives women and girls towards unsafe ones. Access to safe abortion saves lives. 
the problem is here, abortion does not save lives. There is no such thing as a safe abortion. Abortion kills people. End of story. And the science is clear. A person begins at conception. But the party of science can't get their, their science in a row. Uh, justice, pending justice, uh, Jackson, who's just put in by the Biden administration. We played these clips probably a few weeks ago. In her hearing, she was asked about what a woman is. Here's, here's Justice Jackson. Uh, can you provide a definition for the word woman? Can I provide a definition? Mm -hmm. No. Yeah. I can't. You can't? N not in okay. this context. So I'm not a biologist. I'm not a biologist. If she's not a biologist, then shouldn't we go and look at a biologist and see what a biologist says? Hmm. Next clip. When, uh, when does life begin, in your opinion? Senator, um, I don't know. <laughs> Ma'am? I don't know. Here's the truth. Ladies and gentlemen, here's the truth. 95% of biologists affirm the biological view that human life begins at fertilization. That is when life begins. But you know what? It's not about science. It's not about biology. It is about the killing of unborn children, the, the shedding of innocent blood through unborn children. It empowers. This is where we get a little swirly and spiritual. But hey, we talked, we talked about Megan Fox just on the last episode where we, we talked about the drinking of blood and satanic rituals and ayahuasca and opening up portals and having these spiritual encounters and spiritual beings. The practice of killing your unborn child is the practice of Baal and Moloch, where they would put, they'd have this brass altar, put a burning, flaming fire in the brass uh, statue and altar. So the brass became red hot. And then they take their newborn babies and put it in the hands of this of this idol that was glowing red hot and sacrifice their baby to these gods for the sake of prosperity and to have a good harvest and fertility. That's what these gods were. They, they have ritual satanic uh, prostitution. And this is the root that is driving these ideologies. It is a spiritual root. It is a spiritual uh, empowerment of the, the dark and demonic realms through abortion, through the shedding of baby's blood, which opens up the demonic powers and portals and empowers people. It is why Hitler was mass killing. It is why. It is why abortion is still such a massive issue. It's because people are sacrificing their babies on the altar of prosperity. And it is, it is, in a, demon, it is a demonic activity and ritual, and it needs to be absolutely rejected.
It needs to be absolutely rejected because this is what it leads to. In Canada, switching gears a little bit, in Canada, they have begun euthanizing the poor. Sounds far-fetched, but when, you know what, when life is no longer valuable, when a human being no longer has value as an individual, but only has value when they are adding value to a society, this becomes the norm. Well, in Canada, they have the maid's law, which is medically assisted suicide. Medically assisted assistance in dying is what it's called. Sorry, medical, medical assistance in dying. Well, they also have another law called the Bill C-7, which is extending that euthanasia law. And now, if you are suffering from an illness which cannot be relieved under conditions that are acceptable to you, you can now take advantage of a medically assisted suicide in Canada. Well, what this has led to is euthanizing of of the poor. There's a a couple just horrible stories from, from this article. One, a woman in Ontario was forced into euthanasia because her housing benefits did not allow her to get a better housing situation, which didn't aggravate her crippling allergies. Another disabled woman applied to die because, quote, she simply cannot afford to keep on living. Another sought to be euthanized because COVID-related deaths, debt, which left her unable to pay for treatment, which kept her chronic pain bearable. Under the present government, disabled Canadians got $600 in financial assistance during COVID, whereas university students got $5,000. So here is Canada allowing people to say, yeah, you know what? I want to I get knocked off. Knock me off because I can't pay my debts because I can't afford to keep on living. Rather than creating a system to help these people, remember, it's all about helping the most vulnerable. Instead of helping, really helping the most vulnerable, Canada has found a way to save 80 $6.9 million a year in cost reduction from the old MAID system, the medically assisted assistance in death, and will save the, this bill, C7, would create an additional $62 million of saving per year. That's what, 160, about $160 million or $150 million per year in savings by killing people rather than helping them. Another man was just living in his feces and urine, asking for to be admitted into this euthanasia program because, because of his disability and his inability of his family or himself to take care of him. And this is, this is the image of mercy and compassion that leftism wants to bring to the world. Not to help the the vulnerable, not to help the sick, not to help the dying, but to euthanize them. Because life does not have meaning or value unless you're adding something meaningful and valuable to the society. 
This is the, the issue when you say that life doesn't begin at conception, because there's no other point that you can then say life begins here. If it's at installment at 120 days, well, if the baby's 119 days, 118 days, with a beating heart, brain waves, can feel pain, you can see its fingertips, does that, does that now, you know, one day difference now, okay, well, that's okay, you can, you can kill the baby. What about the day before you give birth? The water breaks, gives birth, about to give birth. Can you, can you kill a child then? What about afterwards? Because this whole argument, well, the child is dependent on the mother and therefore the mother shouldn't be held or, you know, hostage to that. Well, there was that law that was recently put in place, H.R. 2223 in California, that says that a mother or doctor would not be held liable if a and no investigation would happen if a, die, a, a child died 7 to 28 days post-birth. So if after birth, you just lay your baby down on the table and decide not to take care of it, it dies because you didn't take care of it, well, you're not held liable. Because after all, it's not really a human. Would then people with disabilities or Down syndrome do they have a, a soul? Do people with amnesia, do people with Alzheimer, because they've forgotten who they are, have they lost their soul? There's so, it's, there's so many issues when life does not have value and when life does not begin at conception. There are so many issues that are being manifested right before our eyes in Canada, they are pushing to allow, quote unquote, mature minors to euthanize too. This is where it's going. Not just a slippery slope fallacy that one day it might end up going there, but it is there now and it is there today. Yeah, that makes sense. In a post-truth society where we have exchanged truth for lies and reason for postmodern irrationality, the absurd finally makes sense. Well, the Biden administration is so committed to combating disinformation and misinformation. And when we say disinformation and misinformation, it really means things that they don't agree with. They want to combat ideas that they don't agree with, such as a, a man is a man and a woman is a woman. That's hate speech. That needs to be reined in a little bit. But actual disinformation, such as safe abortions save lives, when really safe abortions, quote unquote, safe abortions kill people every time, that's not disinformation. But me saying that would likely become disinformation or misinformation as this moves on. Well, they, the United States government is, has created the Department of Disinformation, which is being really called the Department, the Ministry of Truth, which harkens back to the 1984 book of George Orwell, where the, a dystopian book, which is an incredible book, I absolutely recommend that you read it, where everything is controlled, every thought is controlled, every sentence is controlled, everything is monitored, the way what is true is being controlled and told to you by the government, and you're not allowed to think. Well, in this dystopian world of 1984, 
there is the ministry of truth, where two plus two equals five. And everyone has to believe it. Everyone has to agree with it. But it's under this, to keep you safe. It's under the guise of, of helping society, to moderating the conversation of society so everyone can live a happy life and get along. This is what is being created in America, even though in the Constitution of America, it says the federal government and the state government cannot infringe upon speech and the freedom of speech, even though this is the war that we have been seeing with Twitter. And this is why Elon Musk bought Twitter, was to do away with the moderation of speech. This word moderation is just a clever way to say the control of speech and the control of thought. Because if you can control speech, you can control thought. And if you can control thought, you can control belief. Well, Nina Jankowicz was put in as the director of the, the Department of Misinformation. And I was looking through her stuff, her website and all her media, and I found one interesting interview. There, there's a lot, of, a lot of things that she has put out there. Uh, funny theatrical songs, which I can, I can appreciate the wit and the humor and the, the satire of it, even though it's like, well, this is, this is legitimately crazy. This is, I, I don't think she's just being funny. I really think this is what she believes. But instead of playing that for you, because you might have already seen it, I found this incredible little piece from NPR with her talking about disinformation on pregnancy apps, of all things. These pregnancy apps are just incredibly popular among expecting parents. And I have to imagine that people who download them, they are not expecting to encounter disinformation. Give us some examples of what that can look like. I was being peddled to. There was a ton of advertising. I was subscribed immediately to a bunch of mailing lists. I started getting mail in my home. Okay, this is disinformation. Advertisements on pregnancy apps. A pregnancy app, by the way, is there as a service, and they need to make money to survive. So if you're not purchasing the pregnancy app, if you're not paying the $2.99 or $9.99 to buy the app, the person who made it for free is getting zero money to provide you with that service. So how are they going to monetize that? Well, they're going to put advertisements on there. Here is Nina saying that advertisements on an app, that advertisements, ladies and gentlemen, is disinformation. This is the person who is being placed in the federal government of the United States, which is which people move to because they can have freedom of thought, freedom of faith, freedom of speech. But now it's it's going to the point where there's not even freedom of advertising, not even false advertising, it's just advertising. Here's another clip by Nina. Um, headlines like, can you have sex while pregnant? Which in the disinformation world, we know that those questioning headlines are just clickbait. And so we encourage people to uh, write them a little bit differently to include the main idea in the headlines. Now, apparently copywriting is disinformation. Copywriting is th the writing of words to sell something or to cause people to engage. So if I write a, a headline or a title of the show, 
that makes you say, hmm, this is interesting. I'm going to click on it to see what it says. That is quote unquote clickbait. But now it's not just a good article that stirred up interest that caused you to want to go and read. Because if I or someone else doesn't write a good headline for you to click and read, you won't click and read. But now, according to Nina, that's disinformation. And in what ways are we going to encourage? Are we going to shadow ban people on the internet for writing a good headline because it could be clickbait? Even though in that article, they're explaining, well, yeah, you can have sex while you're pregnant. Here's a, a last clip by Nina. Disinformation is the, the false or misleading information that is shared with malign intent. And the malign intent here is to make money off of pregnant people. And we can have, you know, disinformation for, for profit. And we've seen that in the political realm. And we've seen that uh, outside of it as well, especially with the anti-vaccination rhetoric we've seen during the coronavirus pandemic. So I would say they are one in the same. Pregnant people. Notice, pregnant people. Disinformation is making money off of pregnant people. This is, this is the world that they want to bring to you. One, pregnant people. I think that's just so hilarious. I think it's just so funny. Two, that it's disinformation to sell a woman, a pregnant woman, something. However, I have a sneaking suspicion that saying that an abortion is safe will never be flagged as misinformation, even though Let's play, let's play this clip again. Disinformation is the, the false or misleading information that is shared with malign intent. Shared with malign intent. Saying an abortion is safe is being shared with malign intent to make a profit off of pregnant women to kill their babies. That is being shared with malign intent, and it's a lie. It is a lie because biologists and science agrees that life begins at conception. And therefore, there's no such thing as a, a safe abortion. The WHO should be flagged. The CDC should be flagged. Anyone who is claiming that abortion is safe, anyone is claiming that uh, life does not begin at abortion is, is anti-science. And if we're going to have flags on all of our, all of our posts, leading back to the CDC or to the WHO or the whoever, the fact checkers, the fact checkers need to check this. The fact checkers need to come in and say, well, actually, the science is in and life begins at conception. Abortion is killing a child. Well, this show is brought to you by listeners and viewers like you. I want to thank you for being here and listening. If you get value out of the show, I ask that you give value back to the show and the value that you get out of it. We have people who give $1 an episode, four bucks a month, and that is a great encouragement. So thank you for doing that. And we have others who give 20 bucks a month. We have others who give hundreds a month. So thank you for supporting this show. If you want to support this show, you can give value for value by visiting lucasscrobot.com backslash support, and you can give your hard, cold fiat there. Well, don't go away. We'll be right back with our closing Weaver and Loom segment. How do you feel about the... 
Welcome back to Weaver and Loom, a part of the show where we take ancient wisdom and we weave it in with our everyday lives so that we can own our future and weave our destiny. Man, I have been on a Warren Buffett kick. I think it's probably because I've been thinking a lot about the economic situation and turmoil that we are going into, that we are in the middle of with inflation. And I know it's a, a, a big thing that we've been talking about here on the show and it's in the, the zeitgeist of media. So I pulled a clip by, from Warren Buffett from the latest uh, Berkshire Hathaway board meeting or members meeting, partner meeting. And here's this one minute, brilliant one minute clip of how to defend yourself and the best thing that you can do to protect yourself against inflation. The best thing you can do is to be exceptionally good at something. If you're the best, if you're the best doctor in town, if you're the best lawyer in town, if you're the best whatever it may be, uh, you know, no matter whether people are paying you with a zillion dollars or paying you, they're going to, they're going to give you some of what they produce in exchange for what you deliver. And if you've got it, and if, if, if you're the one they pick out uh, to do any particular activity, sing or play baseball or, or be their lawyer, whatever it may be, whatever abilities you have can't be taken away from you. They can't actually be inflated away from you. Somebody else will give you some of the wheat they produce or the cotton or whatever it may be and they will trade you for the skill you have. So the best investment by far is anything that develops yourself. And again, not taxed, you know? So that's what I would do. If you are in a place, which I'm assuming who's not, that's thinking about, worried about inflation and wondering what is the best thing that I can do to own my future? What is the best thing that I can do to weave my destiny? How can I create a, an atmosphere and a life that is able to support my kids for generations to come? Where can I invest? Invest in yourself. Because as Warren Buffett said, that cannot be taken from you. That cannot be taxed. Your skill cannot be taxed and it can never be inflated away from you. Well, that is all for this episode. Thank you so much for listening. If you want to get more out of this episode, please share this with a friend and talk about it. And through that, you will get more one by building community and friendship. Two, when you share something, when someone shares something with me, I always feel loved. And then three, you then having a conversation around these ideas, especially around the idea of abortion and the fact that life begins at conception will help you articulate these ideas even better. Also, if you have any questions, feel free to WhatsApp me at plus one two zero two nine two two zero two two zero, and I will love to hear from them. And if you ask a question that's bad enough, we'll play it right here on the show. That's all for today. Go out this week. Remember, be pro-science, pro-biology, life 
begins at conception. Invest in yourself and own your future.